Welcome to What the Health Podcast, where we help you lead a happier and healthier life by offering a wide range of health and wellness news and insights. I'm John Salak, your host. If you like what you hear, be sure to visit our news site at wellwellusa.com and sign up for our weekly news blasts. Now, let's get started with the show. Sometimes you just need to sweat it, especially if you're older. By sweat it, we're not encouraging worry or anxiety. No, we're talking about physical activity or exercise. There are reams of research on how exercise can benefit all ages. These pluses cover everything from weight loss and stress reduction to building heart health and lowering the risk of various diseases. For mature adults, those over 50, regular exercise isn't just a good idea. It is essential for their mental and physical health. We've written about this extensively at Wellwell USA. Just go to the site and you'll find plenty of stories. One report covered claims by the University of California in San Francisco that elderly individuals who exercise regularly enhance their cognitive health and lessen their chance of memory loss. To be clear, activity can't offset diseases like Alzheimer's. But Canada's Simon Fraser University supports the notion that activity light exercise, and social engagement can reduce memory decline in individuals 65 to 89. Better yet, the impact of this trifecta only increases with age. Want more benefits? Activity also helps mature adults build motor skills, improve muscle endurance, reduce stress and tension, strengthen immune systems, build heart health, and enhance balance. The combined impact can also reduce feelings of loneliness in older adults and even lessen their chances of other injuries. Ultimately, it helps people live longer, healthier lives. But how much exercise is enough? Well, here are some recognized guidelines for those 65 and older. At least 150 minutes of moderate exercise a week, like a brisk walk. Make it easy by breaking it down into five 30-minute segments that can be spread out on each week. Looking for something more intense? Try 75 minutes of vigorous exercise, such as hiking, jogging, or running. It's also important to blend in exercises to strengthen muscles and improve balance a couple of times a week. The benefits of exercise aren't debatable. What's troubling is that mature adults are chronically sedentary, and their inactivity only grows with age. The CDC reports that almost 30% of adults over 50 are totally inactive outside of work. This percentage grows to more than 35% for those 75 and older. Obviously, exercise changes with age. What someone can do at 20 or 30 isn't likely to be repeated at 50, 60, 70, or 80. But there are plenty of exercise options for older adults, from walking, swimming, and biking to competitive sports like tennis, golf, pickleball even softball and basketball. What tends to stop many people are the aches, pains, and physical challenges we all face as the years roll on. There is no way around these challenges, but there are ways to loosen their grip so that older adults are freer to get out and get moving. That's why we've lined up a special guest for this podcast, a Feldenkrais practitioner who, among other things, specializes in helping the young and the old overcome physical constraints and aches and pains so they can move freer and easier whenever they're out. So welcome to our section of What the Health podcast, where we talk to experts on various health and wellness issues. 
since we're dealing with mature health, healthy aging in this episode, we wanted to get a handle on movement for mature adults, older adults. Is it important? Why it's important, if so, and how they can best continue to be active and free and feeling good about themselves as they age. So we've called in an expert on this field, Suzanne Ausnett, who has led an extremely varied career. She has started out as a journalist working in the U.S. and Europe, later became trained yoga instructor, and then still later became a certified Feldenkrais practitioner. And we'll get into exactly what Feldenkrais is in a moment, but Suzanne takes all of these skills and puts them under the umbrella of the company she founded, movetolivenow.com. And in talking to Suzanne before the podcast, I asked her, how do you describe yourself? And she said, the best way to describe me is as a movement educator. So I would like to welcome Suzanne to our broadcast. Hi, John. I'm very happy to be here. So Suzanne, let's start with how important is it for mature adults, let's say people 50, 60, 70, 80, whatever, to stay active? And if it is important, why it's important? Well, you've heard the old adage, if you don't move, you lose it, right? Move it or lose it. It's pretty basic. And that's true at any age, but especially as you get older, because all kinds of other problems happen when you get older. You lose muscle mass, you lose bone strength, and the fear of falling is huge. So balance is very important. And as you get older, it's very important to maintain your independence. And so any loss of function, for example, if you can't get up and down from a chair, think what that means in terms of getting up and down from the toilet or getting up and down from the floor, all those very basic functions, if you lose them, you lose your independence and things don't end too well. It sounds like it's both a physical issue and, as we've written about lots of times at Wellwell USA, a mental health issue. Because obviously you want to stay active for those reasons, as you said, just independence. Since you're going to independent, you're going to feel isolated. This, we know, has an impact. It creates loneliness, lack of social integration. And that's going to have an impact on your mental health as well as your physical health, I assume. Absolutely. It's always a combination of factors. It's never just one thing. As you get older, if you lose a loved one or you lose friends, it's natural to withdraw or you have a physical injury, maybe you fell, you don't want to move, you don't want to do things. So, so or you just get achy and sore and yes, whatnot as course. you get older, and it yeah. makes it a little more difficult. We touched a little bit on, on why it's difficult. Are there other issues, <laughs> physical issues that come into this? I mean, we talked about if you don't move, if you can't move, you're not going to be able to do things. Are, why are older people just, you're saying, is it Muscle loss, bone loss. You lose bone density as you get older. One way to maintain bone density is to stay active. Same, you lose muscles. So if you lift light weights or you do any kind of activity, even walking will help you stay fit. From what I understand, you are incredibly active. You're into hiking. <laughs> you work with bands at times. You work with light weights. And I think other aspects too. So you sort of touch on a little bit, but from your perspective, and you have a, a different perspective maybe than some others in the field, but what are the best ways for adults, assuming that they can overcome any aches and pains, to stay active? And again, it's going to vary, I assume, for somebody who's 50, 60, 
70 and 80 and above. Well, if I had to choose one thing, I would say walking is probably one of the most important things that you can do to stay active because everybody can walk. And I think one thing to remember is you don't have to walk three miles, four miles at one go. You could walk half a mile and then maybe later a quarter of a mile as long as you have continued exercise throughout the day. It could be just going up and down the stairs a couple times a day. There are all these little things that you can choose to do to remain active on a very basic level. What about extending that a little bit? And I know it's going to vary by person and you're not advising someone who's injured or something like that too, but weights are still an option. You know, Weights are excellent, but light weights, but it really depends how you do the weights because you can injure yourself even doing very light weights. And this is where the Feldenkrais method, which is something that I practice. It's a somatic practice. That means mind-body helps you move better. And it doesn't matter what you do, whether you want to do light weights, if you pay attention to the how rather than to just the movement itself. It's, well, how do you lift the arm? Or how do you get up from a chair? Or how do you turn around in bed? Most people just do it. If we had to think about how we do every single thing we do, we'd never get anything done. But if you go back to how babies learn how to move, they do things hundreds of different ways. And it's those hundreds of different ways that feed the brain. And in the Feldenkrais method, we teach people all these different possibilities. And then the brain, it's very much about brain plasticity. With all these alternatives, the brain comes up with a better way of movement. Someone who may not be into Feldenkrais or be aware of it might still not understand what you're doing. Why would someone come to you? And I know that you ha- you have clients that are young and old and in different conditions. They're coming to you for different reasons. But let's concentrate on first why an older adult would come to you. Is it a matter of injury? Is it a matter of increasing flexibility or strength? A combination of those. And then sort of break down a little bit simpler as to what you're going to do for somebody. So older adults come to me for a variety of reasons. One is pain. Some people have chronic pain and they don't know how to get out of the chronic pain. They've tried physical therapy. They've tried many, maybe other modalities, acupuncture, therapeutic yoga, but it hasn't worked. But what we do is we have methods to help people with chronic pain that I can talk about later, whether it's through the breath, whether through incredibly gentle hand movements, or through eye movements. So chronic pain would be one of them. Another reason people come is because they lose suppleness as they age. They get stiffer. And especially if they're very active, they tend to stiffen up. And the Feldenkrais method definitely helps you stay supple, but it also helps you reorganize, reorganize so that you move in a better way. And it also, if you practice this regularly, it makes you more resilient. You realize that if something happens, if your knee hurts or your foot hurts, it's not the end of the world, that there are things you can 
actively do in a very gentle manner that can change your alignment and make you feel a thousand times better. It sounds like to me that Feldenkrais, and from what I know about it, and I know a little bit about it, is not an exercise in and of itself, but it's more a mechanism to get your body aligned, get it back in shape, meaning more aligned and increasing balance and those sort of things. And that then allows you to engage in those physical activities you're talking about, whether that's walking or what. You're absolutely correct, John. It's a learning modality. It's in a way we're re-educating the brain but not by saying you can't do this or you have to do this. With these very gentle movements, you're encouraged to pay attention to how you move. So it could be something as simple as if you're lying on the floor and you lift your shoulder. The action is, could you lift your shoulder? How do you lift your right shoulder? So you're lifting your right shoulder, but do you do that with tension? Do you squeeze your jaw, contract your jaw as you lift your right shoulder? Or Are your eyes looking in the wrong direction? If you lift your right shoulder, what should happen is the head should gently move a little bit to the left. But with many people, it might turn to the right. It might not move at all. So by guiding people to pay attention to how they move, they start sensing all these different options and possibilities. And it can be done two ways. It can be taught verbally as a class or it can be taught on a table where the practitioner will gently lift a shoulder and look and see what happens and then try and figure out, is it perhaps the jaw that is not moving or the eyes that are going in the in a different direction? Or is somebody really so contracted that they're constantly holding their belly in? Is it a lack of being able to breathe in a relaxed fashion? There's so many possibilities, and we don't assume that it's any one thing. That's what's very different about the Feldenkrais method as compared to maybe other modalities. We play, and in the process of the playing and in the process of the person on the table or on the floor paying attention to how they move, things begin to change in the brain. And I have to stress, it's not about the movement itself. It's about the attention to the movement. And that's what makes this somatic practice so different maybe from other modalities. To go back to, because I mean, this is the underlying point of what we're trying to get at. By making someone aware of maybe how they should be moving or any of these factors, it can help people. And can, this is what we're talking about. People who are stiff, have an injury, are in pain. You can help identify why that pain is occurring and how to lessen that pain or relieve that pain entirely. Is that correct? And it, and it may not be apparent. That's what I'm saying. Your pain may be in your shoulder, but the reason the pain is in your shoulder may be something else that's occurring. Exactly. And, and I mean, that's the key for these for older adults. Yes. I mean, you have culprit and victims, so something is hurting, but it's not because your knee is hurting. It could be anything. Right. And the process helps people. The process helps people become aware of all these 
different things. Yes. And we don't tell people this is incorrect or correct. We have them explore different possibilities, different approaches to movement, whether it's with my hands as a practitioner or whether they're sensing themselves. And I think perhaps the most important thing is we really teach people how to sense themselves. And that's what babies do. It's really based on how babies learn. And babies don't learn like you're taught to learn in school. Babies sense. It's all about sensation. And they learn to turn over, they learn to lift the head, or they learn to walk. And they try millions of different ways until it's aha, something works. And we lose that as we age. If you think you go back to school and you're in school for all these years and you're told not to move, you're sitting at a desk, hunched up or looking at your phone. And in the process of getting older and becoming an adult, you develop a lot of bad movement habits. We all do. And especially now with cell phones, if you look at all these young people, we're constantly with their heads down looking at the phone or what it does to the neck, what it does to the shoulders, it it creates all kinds of problems. And so what we would do is give people different options. Is there a different way of looking at your cell phone? We're not saying don't use your cell phone. How could you do it without being in that position that's creating problems? Why is it that most people haven't heard about Feldenkrais? I mean, this isn't something you, from what I understand, studied probably maybe hundreds, if not thousands of hours. It's a long program to be certified as a practitioner. You don't have to be licensed, but you do have to be certified as a practitioner. Why aren't we more aware of Feldenkrais and what it can do? No, that may not be your expert area, but it is unique because it's known better in other countries. I think it's a marketing problem. And it's hard to describe the Feldenkrais method. I think that's part of the problem. It's a somatic movement modality. It's experiential. You really have to experience it to understand it. It's not for everybody. The two things you need to really use the Feldenkrais method or improve with the Feldenkrais method is curiosity. You have to be really curious. And you have to have an ability to pay attention. And a lot of people don't have that sustained ability to attend, to pay attention, and they are not interested in developing it. And you have a lot of people who are not curious. But if you have those two elements, that's really all you need to benefit from the Feldenkrais method. I've been to a couple sessions just to experience it. It's almost surprisingly gentle. It's physical, but it's not aggressively physical, I guess I would say. Is that a fair? It's incredibly gentle for the impact. Yes, it's it's really all it's it's gentle movement, and you're always looking as when you do a movement, could you make this movement easier? Could you do this movement perhaps with a little effort or smoother? And as you learn to detect, oh well, this is creating tension. What happens if I change my attention to someplace else? For example, we go back to simply lifting the right shoulder. So what happens instead of lifting the right shoulder, if you press the left shoulder back into the floor? So if you press your left shoulder back into the floor, suddenly you'll feel, ah, the right shoulder just lifted easily. So we change the attention constantly so that the whole body is involved, the whole skeleton. And it's never just one thing. And it obviously probably differs from person to person. Because everybody has their unique 
quirks and bad quirks. Yeah, everybody has their own habits. And from a teaching point of view, that's what makes it so fascinating because nobody's the same. And every person has different habits and you have to be very creative in finding different movement options for everybody. And we've touched on this a little bit, but I want to go back to what mature adults are facing. And you, you a lot of your clients, uh, I assume, are, are mature people, really 40, 50. And you've dealt with younger clients. You've dealt with babies. I understand that there's a different uh, set of practices or, or aligned practices for that. For the older adults, and you've touched on it, but just tell us what you come across in terms of what they're dealing with. Is it, what are the prevalent conditions? Is it an injury? Is it soreness? Is it gentle, general stiffness? Is it loss of balance? Well, there are all those issues, John. So it just depends. I'd say back pain is huge. Back pain is a problem for so many older adults because they're too sedentary. So if you sit a lot and you sit in a way that is not, say, conducive to your spine, then you're going to get back pain. But if you were to move and get up every 10 minutes, even if you were just to walk around your apartment, that would make a difference. So I'd say back pain is something I see a lot and lack, uh, people get stiff as they get older and just doing some Feldenkrais movements every day, even if it's just for 15 minutes can make an amazing difference. And if you're doing the Feldenkrais, it doesn't mean you're blocking doing other stuff. I just want to emphasize that. You do your Feldenkrais and it helps you move less pain. You're able to bike. You're able to hike. Yeah, of course. I mean, it, it improves your walking. It improves. That's it, It's a method of, I'd say, improvement. You can apply the Feldenkrais method to anything. So if you were an athlete, it will improve your boxing or your jiu-jitsu or your dancing. But as a mature adult, it improves your ability to move, at whether it's just walking or swimming or, and you start paying attention to things. So say you're walking down the street and suddenly your knee hurts. Would you just continue walking in the same way you're walking? Or would you maybe think of some of the lessons you've done and say, okay, maybe I'm going to stop for a second and bring my attention to my other knee and my other foot? Or maybe I'm going to bring my attention to my arm. Is my arm swinging? Or you have all these possibilities. I think what I love about it is once you've done it for a while, you can help yourself and apply it to every single thing you do. Even if you're in the kitchen and you're taking something out of the dishwasher, how do you take that plate out? How do you bend? Or if you're reaching for a plate that's a little too high, how do you do it? So many people hurt their shoulder when they just go to take a dish out of a high shelf. But you pay attention, I think, in a very different way. It teaches you to pay attention to yourself and listen in, and it makes you more resilient. So, and this is not exclusive to you or your experience, but we know that there are physical barriers to age. As we said, it's just natural. You need to do different things. And you're not as active or as strong or as whatever, as balanced as you are when you're 20 or 30. But for someone who's 50, 60, 70, 80, I assume that these people not can but should stay active. You don't see any barriers to activity as you get older. 
None at all. I mean, the Feldenkrais method can be done sitting in a chair. We have chair lessons. You could do it lying in bed if you had serious, serious issues. Generally in classes, it's done on the floor, but it could be done on a Feldenkrais table. It could be done standing. I mean, there are no barriers to doing the method. And you have to remember it's somatic, it's mind-body. So it's not just exercise. And I think what's tough for people to understand is that it forces you to slow down and pay attention. And most of us are so used to doing things quickly that we don't know how to slow down. It goes against what we do. When you have a habit, you just, you do it, right? You don't think about it. And by slowing down and paying attention, it does something neurologically to the brain. Okay. So we were going to wrap this up in a second, but before we do, what advice do you want to give people at any age, what they should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing in terms of physical activity or how to stay physically active? Well, I'd say walking, choosing to do stairs instead of taking the elevator. And obviously, I'm a Feldenkrais practitioner. So I would say doing very gentle movement and paying attention to your movement is critical as you age. Ultimately, keep moving. Ultimately, keep moving, but to really attend to the how of the movement. And that's where the Feldenkrais method can really help you. And as I said before in the beginning, for chronic pain, it can make a huge difference psychologically, mentally. It can relax the whole system. And uh, many people as they age develop chronic pain. So I'd stress that it's a wonderful method for people with chronic Relieve pain. Relieve the pain, help yourself stay active. Yep. Help yourself stay active, stay mentally and physically fit. You got it, John. All right. Well, we'd like to thank Suzanne for joining us today on this edition of What the Health. And you help people both online and in person. If they want to get in contact with you with questions or whatever, or explore the Feldenkrais method, or just ask questions about what they may be going through, how is the best way to contact you? So email, um, it's Suzanne with a Z, two N's E, and then my last name is A-U-S-N-I-T. So it's Suzanne Ausnet, one word, at gmail.com. You can text me or call me. My number is 973-204-0929. That's 973-204-0929. And of course, um, check out my website because I have a lot of articles on the Feldenkrais Method. I have videos and you can learn a little more about it. And my website is movetolivenow.com. And the two is actually a numeric two. Okay. Suzanne, thank you very much. And we hope we all stay moving. We're going to serve up some health hacks shortly on how to get and stay active. But before that, we want to offer up an exclusive discount from one of our many affiliates. Members of our Well Wellbeing community can enjoy up to more than 20% off their first order from OrthoFeed, which specializes in innovative foot pain relief technology. And obviously, if you eliminate discomfort, it will be easier to stay active. Now, joining our well-well-being community is easy 
and free, and it opens you up to hundreds of other exclusive discounts on health and wellness products and services. To join, just visit wellwellusa.com. Go to Milton's Discounts on the pull-down menu, and you'll see the sign-up sheet. Enjoy. Okay, so how do older adults get started and stay moving? First off, start slowly. A simple walk daily is a great way to begin. It's also great exercise. And walking can be a launch pad for more vigorous and enjoyable activities. Two, track progress. Create a routine. Monitor what you're doing on a daily basis. Stay with it and then build on it, which can mean exercising longer or harder or trying new activities. Three, exercise with others. There are plenty of ways to do this. Just look online for local opportunities and you'll find them. Working out with others, regardless of the activity, not only makes exercising more enjoyable, it opens you up to social engagements, which are also essential for mature health. Four, explore options. You don't have to limit yourself to a single activity or even non-competitive activities. There are plenty of competitive team and individual activities available. Think tennis, golf, bocce ball, pickleball, swimming, biking, hiking, and more. Five, be prepared. Wear the right clothing and footwear, use sun protection, and have water available. Six, think safety. If you're biking, use a helmet. If you're hiking, make sure you have proper ankle support. And even wear knee pads and gloves in case of a slip. Hiking sticks are also recommended. Also, no matter the activity, take time to warm up and loosen up before starting. Ditto for taking time to cool down after intense activity. Finally, if you're not sure if an activity is right for you, check with your physician first. That's it for this edition of What the Health. I want to thank our special guest, Suzanne Ausnett, for taking time to speak with us, and I want to encourage anyone with questions to get in touch with her directly. More importantly, I want to encourage everyone, no matter their age, to keep moving. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of What the Health. Looking for more feel-good news? Just visit our news site at wellwellusa.com and sign up for our weekly news blast. And if you enjoyed this episode and would like to help support our podcast, please share with others, post it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Until next time, keep yourself on that pathway to a healthier, happier you.